God bless you this morning, Vive Houston Church. My name is Monica Gutierrez, and I serve as a leader here at Vive Houston Church. And I just want to thank uh, my pastors for this opportunity, George and Rocio, uh, to speak to y'all this morning. Um, just do something for me real quick. Uh, I would like to get all of my families and friends on Facebook and YouTube. Like, share, put a love on this video, care button, create a watch party with those you share a couch with. And while you're getting settled, um, even to my family on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. First thing we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and pray while we get started. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you for another day that you've given us in the month of May, Father. We thank you for what this weekend is, Lord, for this Memorial Day, and that we would also not forget what you have done for us and our families, Lord. Thank you. I pray that you would just give me clarity in delivering this message and that all would go smoothly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So some of y'all may be thinking, just to let's just talk about it for two seconds, uh, where, during this whole COVID crisis, what now? Where is this virus going? Some historians have said that because of a history in the past, we've talked about the Spanish flu, and the Spanish flu lasted for two years. Um, will, will it last this long? We do not know, but it will get us back to cleaner practices. We can't go anywhere. Like to the store, if you go to the store, you're wearing a mask, and if you cough or sneeze, heaven forbid someone look at you, and you have to claim what type of cough it is, or it's like, it's just allergies. It's like, well, go home. <laughs> And we've broken down our social outings and our schedules have been adjusted. There's new things in the agenda. It's no longer waking up, making your coffee. Sometimes it's going to HEB, putting on a mask and seeing if they have Lysol or the disinfectant wipes before anything else has happened. But out of everything, at least we're making some revenue with the mask. You know, that's our new market. There's a all kinds of face masks, uh, things that you didn't even think about it happening like you know like they have filters if you want a double filter you can have it you have the three-in-one that they used to advertise in 2015 they have the medical grades the n95s you name it they have them and you know you i just i'm so thankful for these geniuses that have just come up out of the woodwork and just like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna find some fabric i'm gonna build you one and we are all gonna be safe during all of this um i just choose to be an optimist i am uh, no matter what, no matter what happens, I I want to see that this is for the best. Families are coming together, businesses, social platforms, and communities have come together. And if you're looking for a sign or waiting for something, something big to change, well, let me let me let me tell you what your word from the Lord is. This is it. This is your big sign. Whether it's Corona, whether you've been on the fence about church, this is it. And we choose to trust in his promises and provisions for your life. So the title of my sermon today is, He is for me. So, the, so I'm going to go into the story of Joseph, starting in Genesis 37. But I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory of who Joseph is. We are, this is the first chapter of the Bible, the beginning. And we come up with his father, Jacob. And Jacob has two wives. Leah and Rachel. It is polygamy is still a sin, but we're talking about the old, the old Testament here. 
His mother, Joseph's mother, is Rachel, and she couldn't conceive. So this is her big miracle child. This happens to be a term that is used even in some families today, those that cannot conceive. This is their miracle baby. But Joseph also had six older brothers from Leah. So if we get into Genesis 37, 1 through 4, it reads, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed in the land of Canaan. This is the account in which Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhah and the son of Zilpah, the father's wives, and he brought their father a, a bad report to them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him at his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, he hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And I want to just capture some very important words when we're talking about Joseph to his father, Jacob. Most loved and adored. Now to go back even further, Jacob in this whole, the father that has two wives wanted Rachel, Jacob's, uh, Joseph's mother. Rachel was the one that he had chose. Leah just came part of the package. And that hurts. That just hurts to just be part of the family that you're supposed to be a part of. And it hurt, it, it hurt Jacob that he couldn't have the family that he wanted. He begged and pleaded and prayed it and prayed to the Lord. He probably even said, you know, Lord, he's going to go to Bible school one day. And, you know, he's, I'm, I'm giving him to you. I just want to have a child with Rachel. Please give her a son, give her a child. And he did. He came and he gave them Joseph. And during that time, we learned that he is 17. And during this time, he receives the best education. He does the less demanding task in the deserts. And God blesses him with the gift of dreams and being able to interpret what that is. And God was doing something greater than what the doubts in their mind had were like just, oh, you know, we have to keep him safe because something could happen to him. And maybe sometimes that's the way that we feel. We feel like, you know, we've had such a good turn. Everything is turning out right. If I do something wrong, then the doubt just kind of creeps in. But I'm here to tell you that God is for you. And one thing to show, especially in Joseph's time, he gave him the ability, the gift of dreams. My first point today is to show that God loves you is that he will create an awareness. He will create an awareness in your life. He will show you that where he is in your life by maybe even someone paying it forward and paying for your food, someone paying for your gas and having something delayed so that you can find that payment. And in this story, God is creating an awareness through a 17-year-old's dreams. In Genesis, we keep reading on to verses 5 through 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream that I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out of the field when suddenly a sheaf rose and stood upright. When your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it, his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and what he had said. Verse 9. 
Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing to me, bowing down to me. When he told his fathers, when he told his father and mother, as well as his brothers, the father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And let me just say, when he is talking about, let's, let's break this down for a little bit. When Joseph is 17, and during this time, he's probably just saying whatever comes out of his mind. It's like, hey, you know what? I have this type of dream. It doesn't really matter what it said, but this is what has happened. This is, this is what has happened. The communication skills are still being developed. It, it, he, he's still trying to just speak whatever God has just spoken over him and Joseph is inspired. He's pumped. He's just saying, you know what, Lord, you know, have your way. I am going to lead my family. And his father is still listening to God. When, when something, when something like that happens or when something new happens in our lives, everything changes. When you were listening to God, Joseph was listening to God. The others, the others weren't and started to take notice. The father went and listened to him. But then there are those that sometimes plot against you. There are those that are putting people, putting you through the ringer. They're the ones that are making sure that you do not take advantage of them and that they still have their spot. So this is where uh, he is. And it changed the whole course of his family. They sold him into slavery and took him to Egypt. This took him his journey, his new journey had taken him to Egypt out of all the jealousy and all the rage, everything that made him upset, change happened. He was, he was once living high on the hog and now he had been turned into a slave that worked like one. He had worked so hard to please his father. Now he's pleasing somebody else that he doesn't even know. He knows a crowd, he knows a language that he hasn't even he hasn't even been to begun what, what is happening right now. But what the Bible does tell us is that he, he went ahead and, and what became a slave within Pharaoh's palace. And because he was not like the rest, they had said, they're like, oh, I understand. And I know that, that he isn't like the other slaves. He's the type that knows how to read. He knows how to read maybe our, our hieroglyphics and understand everything. And so that was, that was one of his takeaways during this time in slavery. And change happened every two seconds during his time in Egypt. Something good to come along and in realization that he wasn't like the other slaves. Um, and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape and puts him in jail. And during that time, he makes friends with two guys in jails and interprets their dreams. One happens to be hanged, and the other one will reenter Pharaoh's service again. And the prophecies come true. And Joseph is still in jail for another two more years. Doesn't that make you question why? If I, if I had... If someone had accused me, and I, I would be asking God the same thing. Why? Why is this happening to me? Why would God put a person through this? Maybe this is you currently. Why did I lose my job? Why can't I pursue my dreams? If God is for me, please tell me how this is supposed to 
make me feel positive about this situation. So that brings me to my second point. God is putting you through this time of testing to shape and to mold you. Let me say that again. God is putting you through a time of testing to shape and to mold you. This is your breakthrough. And let me tell you, it doesn't end there. This is a growing pains. And in growing pains, they're short-lived, but they don't last for an eternity. They do not last forever. Let me tell you something, too, that some people think about Christianity. They think it's so easy uh, as well. Your life is a living testimony. You're not an overnight success like instant cookies that Pillsbury makes. But you are grandma's prize-winning pie that took time to perfect, that went through the ringer, that went and stood so many different times until she finally achieved that recipe. It doesn't mean that the hardship is over. It means that we've just jumped over the learning curve into our biggest role yet. We've been taken out of the home. Joseph has learned work. He thinks before he speaks and is waiting on the Lord. We just kind of, I'm just kind of capturing all that is happen, happening in Joseph's life. We move over to Genesis 41. Pharaoh is having dreams and nightmares that no one can interpret. And that friend in jail remembers. He's like, oh yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy that was in jail that also can interpret dreams. And it has taken him two years. It has taken Joseph two years to get to where he, to where he is. And his whole life turns around from that jail cell. He creates a plan that interprets the dream that Egypt will have famine and saves the Egyptians from famine. He's taken into leadership because of this and where the first dream begins to make sense. The brothers even come out from Canaan, come into Egypt and are in search for Jacob's family, search for food. And Joseph has become so much of a man of experience, a man of hardship, a one with a testimony. And he is being developed into a man that is a leader among the Egyptians. And he's had so much experience and molding and shaping. He's, un, he's unrecognizable even when his brothers are standing in front of him. Uh, for example, like a gym transformation. When you see somebody that, that used to be like on The Biggest Loser and you see them now and you're like, what happened? You, you don't even know who they are. They look so different. They're toned. They have muscle where they didn't have muscle and all different kinds of things. And Joseph has changed and they don't even know who he is. So he takes that opportunity to say, what has happened? He kind of learns his story, learns their story. And he goes through testing. He learns that his father is growing old and tired. He learns his mother had another son. Thank God she had another son named Benjamin. And he's about the same age he was when he was sold. He's 17, Benjamin. And he keeps one of the brothers in Egypt until they bring this other son and they're probably thinking like, what did we do? We were just telling you our story. We just wanted food at the food bank here and you're not even gonna give it to us and you're testing us. You won't give us our stamps, won't give us our card because of a brother, but they do it. They do it because they want to receive their portion. This is point number three. God will show you who he is by blessing 
and proving his love for you, in your life for you. In Genesis 45, we learn that Joseph makes himself known when they bring the brother. He reveals his identity. Becomes fam- it becomes this huge family reunion. And they thought he had died along the way because this is also a boy that had never worked a day in his life. The original dreams of the grain, they make sense. Reading Genesis 45, seven through 10. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for the remnant of the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of this entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. And all you have. Richly blessed and saves his family. He changes the hearts of his family and begins to bring them closer to the Lord and closer to what they had even imagined. And maybe that's your story. Maybe this is something that you may be going through. This is not the first time in the Bible, nor is it the last. We know that he also came back in the New Testament for Jesus and Jesus died to prove his love for us. What took coverage of eight chapters in the Bible, in the the book of Genesis in the Bible, it took a lifetime for Joseph's dream to become a reality, for everything to set into place. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it's not over. God has not overlooked your your struggles. He's right there with you. He is for you. Remember, it's not an overnight success. It's a story that's building your character, the plots, the chapters, and writing the ending to that story. God is writing your story. You may be at different stages. God may be creating your awareness. Maybe he's, you've been on the fence and you're wondering, God, I've thought about it before, but it seems too hard and I'm not sure. He, he may be molding you. You may be putting to you for a time of testing. You've already said yes to the Lord and you've just said, God, why did you put me through this pain? Why? You have a lot of questions and nothing is being heard and you feel like no one listens to you. He is molding and shaping your person. Or maybe he's reaffirming your faith and just blessing you during this season and just saying, I'm here for you, for your family, for your children, and pouring it all over you. Let this detour in your life be a sign. I'll say it again. Let this detour in your life be a sign that God is gonna take care of you, that God has a plan for you, and that whatever stage it may be, he is for you. Let me just go ahead and pray. If you are online right now, whatever it is, we have our team just waiting to pray with you.
that just want to intercede, if you want to put something in the comment, if you want to share a message with us later, please let us know. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for letting us know who you are, Father God, in our lives, that we are not alone in this and that you are always before us, behind us, around us, Lord Jesus, and in our hearts, Lord. For those that are making decisions today to serve you, Father God, and take this first step, Lord Jesus, it may not be easy, Lord, but we know that it is in your name. It is in your name that you are there and that they are saved by your Holy Spirit, Lord. They are saved in your power, Jesus and that we are all standing behind them in this Vive Houston community, Lord. Praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you for listening to this service today. Just a reminder, like us on Facebook, share, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, and just have a blessed week.